0: Welcome to the Insiders Insights Podcast, where we share with you the thoughts of the individuals who are working for projects that are changing the world. Thank you to our sponsor Credit Coin, the Building Blocks of Trust. For more details, please visit the show notes below. Welcome to Off Chain Presents Insider's Insight. Today we have Corel from NFT Inc. to discuss how NFTs are going to evolve in terms of the utilities they can bring to the industry. But before we begin, why don't you tell us how you got into crypto and maybe give a bit of an introduction of your project? So
1: first I guess my name is Carol. Uh, how are I got into crypto. So I've the first time I was getting into contact with crypto was back in 2014. The friends so we did a bit of mining, but then sadly I sold. <laughs> we saw Bitcoin at that time. We made a, made a bit of money. We were students, so you know, for us, any money was good money. But really, it's back in 2017 when everybody started talking about it uh, that I got interested into it again, partly with one of my sort of my colleagues and friends in 2018 i joined professionally with the bybit uh, for those i don't know it's one of the major crypto derivative exchange but at the time the only option was bitmex and it was not a very Good alternative, I would say. So, by bit, we try to change things. I really liked the idea. In the following years, I joined a number of exchanges, finishing up with uh, being the CMO of BTC Max. Last year, one of my previous colleagues, uh, when I was working in uh, game marketing, uh, talked to me. He reached out and saying he was doing a blockchain uh, gaming platform uh, or DeFi platform, have to call it. Real uh, really love the concept. I mean, it's games and crypto, my two passions. So put together. So I joined uh, for Ciscape Network. And uh, that was really, really good yeah, I think We talked a lot of projects, talked a lot of uh, I mean, it was just very exciting. But as we grew on, as we continued me talking to NFT projects and uh, then got to NFT marketplaces, I really saw the same type of discrepancies as what happened before by with, billionX with current NFT marketplaces just not answering the needs of the current markets and even further, not answering the needs at all of what NFTs will really become. And that's what created NFT. So quick intro, so otherwise gonna take a, an hour. Uh, NFT is first a decentralized, a non-custodial NFT marketplace with multilingual features so everyone can finally see what the heck they're buying at $1,000. Uh, but most importantly, it has uh, user recommendations so that projects and artists can finally have some visibility on the platform instead of having to, you know, Basically push people from the external to their OpenSea page or whatever. So obviously it's a much better experience for users themselves. So you see something that is relevant to you instead of seeing always the same projects. Uh, this is not enough we also have very uh, in-depth filters uh, we have metadata stacks Our filters could also work as exclusive filters so you can finally take out this not safe for work thing because uh, uh, <laughs> i had a couple of issues with that you know we say yeah, i'm working and you have a bunch of not safe for work on the screen and you go from in. that does not look very good uh, we have uh, detailed data dashboards and we have really a, a lot of features, including a lot of added utility for NFTs. So, uh, as I mentioned, there's a lot of things we see for the futures. Uh, of what NFTs will become. And the major thing is we're going out of these uh, collectibles, and the last, the last phase was like the auto-generational collectibles. We, st- we will still have that in the future. Collectibles is a fun use of NFTs, but it is not the only use, and by far should not be what, in the future, sh- uh, NFTs should be. Uh, we believe that NFTs will be coming into our daily lives, as many other things. And utilities are going to be the major factor for that
0: mass adoption. Perfect. Perfect. Um, maybe you could tell us more about how you think NFTs are going to be used in the future. What I mean, you first are you added utilities?
1: Uh, there's a lot of possibilities uh, in, uh, in many of different uh, sectors. I mean, we already see some very amazing ideas out there, like the citizenship NFTs. I don't know if you heard about those. Uh, you have so citizenship. You have uh, some people trying to work on making CVs. So the way that could work could be when you when you finish your studies at uh, let's say Harvard, Harvard could issue an NFT saying that person studied from that to that, and because uh, again a, a diploma basically is well it's just a piece of paper that says you you uh studied there and that should not be able to be forged now suddenly it can still be and also it's a piece of paper i don't know about you but i had a couple of times where i had some fright of what happened with it um but there with nfts not only would you have this being just not forgeable and much more easier to be provable to be true but also there would be a lot of integrations you could have like a blockchain cv you know where they would take all these nfts of uh companies experiences working here or there that could be put together in a number of formats. Um, you could have you know ticket concerts, you could have that be your subscription, your, your visa, it could be a lot of all these day-to-day use cases that we see could actually become NFTs. It, it could be your invoices, it could be your, your receipt at the supermarkets. Uh, there's really the, the principle of NFTs is to have a unique set of data and this unique part we actually don't see it but it really comes to everything in our so eyes we already see also a lot of applications with uh Again, this was a bit more in the collectible area, but with real life applications like with the Louis Vuitton, Vicar, Nike, all these things, creating NFTs for some of their luxury products. Uh, so we always hear about this blockchain revolutionizing the way uh, logistics could work, etc. NFTs could also be implemented in there. It's really, again, the sky's the limit when it comes to NFTs and all these different use cases. Obviously, for me, I come from the P2E, uh, P2E industry, so that's also the things I'm the most excited about, you know, being able to finally have this interoperability uh we always, all heard about loot and a couple of the things. This is just the beginning because there is some issues with both uh, with the current models, but that's something I'm super excited about like if I have my mass effect characters uh, be playable um, or some of them, the mass effect, things that in Mass effects have an impact on Eve or have a in star citizens or something else. Oh, Dragon Age have an impact on my skate 3 things that, that just, that's, that's a dream
2: for a game that's amazing thank you for sharing I think that you mentioned about citizenships uh, like citizenships can be issued like NFTs it's a very cool topic to discuss and I was also looking into housing market and I think it would be great if NFTs could um, represent the housing ownership then we can get rid yeah. of all the it's like uh, real estate agents and middlemen when we want to buy or rent the house you can just like pass or temporarily lend an NFT which represents the house ownership and that would be great. But again when I'm thinking yeah yeah sorry continue.
1: Oh, I mean it's uh, that and others actually something we're looking at at NFT with the when it comes to the legal framework of NFTs, how to seduce like we, we mentioned bank accounts, but what you mentioned us is a very good example is real estate. The the DeFi what, what the DApps and DeFi taught us is that there is a possibility of as I said getting rid of the middleman, and that could absolutely come into terms of uh, the way NFTs work. The, the one issue is, again, uh, with the real implementation, so the legal structure, there would still need to be some kind of a legal uh, middleman, but it would be much easier and faster uh, in a lot of sense when it comes to that. Also, just having the actual real estate just give you an NFT to safeguard both interests. In a more provable and transparent manner. I
2: mean, this, yeah, this, yeah, definitely. Because, like, right now, I mean, this industry is so, so fresh, right? And so rapid. So, I think, like, we, um, even though, like, everybody who is in Web3 and DeFi, everybody kind of have, like, this uh, perception of the government that, like, no, we want to step back from that. We want to take, uh, like, power back to the people. But what I see in this um, uh, NFT space right now is is that a lot of people, they fall on uh, basically projects that are rattles or like they, they lose their savings because of the malicious plans of like people who just want to steal their money. So we do need some kind of regulations, I think. And especially when I think imagine if my passport or like my uh, university degree is going to be on blockchain and then it can be stolen through the phishing link or something like this. And then like I went to college for five years and then it's not mine anymore. Like how how you can do with that? So this kind of like identity theft or something, I think it's going to be a big challenge. Like the, the biggest challenge that they see for this industry is the security, basically. What do you think about that? Oh, thank you, Mitch. You know,
1: totally agree. Uh, security based problems is one of the major issues uh when it comes to audits first we've all seen some uh, some auditing very very good marketing but not good that auditing uh with very major hacks happening and as you said security also comes itself up whenever there's a smart contract involved uh there is uh, a bigger risk uh, that's one of the reasons first we go for a decentralized model rather than uh custodial model, uh, we want people first to keep their ownership, that's very, you know, Web 3D model, but also then we, we're looking into other ways to implement security. For example, for us, our smart contracts, we're working on a way to make them not callable anywhere outside of our UI, UX. Um, phishing links, sadly, is something that we're going to have to work on, uh, and it's also a lot of crypto education, the way the wallet works, the way people understand them. Uh, mass adoption is uh, really really taken back because of all this as I said rug pulls, because of the scams because of people the complexity of it also there's like a very steep learning curve and these are all things that really need to be worked out for the entire web three and uh, in particular for nfts yeah
2: yeah because people
1: have, have this idea of rug polls or for nfts like i, I talked to even my little brothers it's like no nfts are a scam or something like no <laughs> so
2: yeah unfortunately there is like a Bad image going on right now, in especially when people just hear something from their friends. Because I mean, if you get right pulled, you go online and you complain a lot about that, or you just quietly cry <laughs> over your lost ones. Yeah, and the thing like yeah. the paper-based transactions basically, like all, all transactions that we had in the past, they're inefficient because they require like more human like manpower, and they also have a ten- tendency like to be lost. And um, but again, like the document that store it online, they also can be hacked, like duplicated or and like companies uh, losing files sometimes. Even banks get hacked and all their customers' information like just leaks somewhere. And NFTs, uh, like of the future, I think they can solve both of these problems. They can bring a new layer of security to digital transactions and also be very efficient, especially if we will move from proof of work to proof of stake, which is another very, interesting topic to discuss I think what do you think about like proof of work versus proof of stake do you have like any, any ideas I mean,
1: about first of all my girlfriend is eco-friendly uh, she's working with sustainability so proof of stake is a lot of definite proof of work on that aspect. Uh, we know that a lot of people are against Bitcoin because there's this uh, intensive necessity to I mean basically uh, this proof of work is very intense, very energy demanding while proof of stake is a lot better. Uh, there's been a lot of first proof of stake, which one there's several types of proof of stake uh, that are there. I think much in the same way as proof of work stake work we are going to have other blockchains, other puzzles that we need to be thought after to both keep the spirit of blockchains and the, the, basically what made the whole thing interesting, uh, the, act, the the benefits of the actors and try to avoid anything like a personal attack or anything. But a proof of work does not work. It, it's not something valid that's at scale just because of the energy demands. We really need to look into, uh, we, I'm not saying necessarily do like a friendly uh, chain only, but we need to be more efficient. We keep talking about it I'm trying to be you know, take away the middleman and things like that. But a lot of the way the some sort of the blockchain work right now is still efficient at scale. Uh, obviously, there is some solutions being worked on, but. I'm still waiting for my ETH proof of note, so <laughs> that's taking a long time. In general, I am more for proof of state type of solution just because of that inefficiency uh, and energy demand That's proof of
0: works. I have to disagree. I think that what you said about proof of work in that it's more energy intensive, is just only one side of the story. Actually proof of work encourages uh, miners to find most uh, cheapest source of energy. So a lot of energy that proof of work systems use. Is it's from hydro it is from thermal heating is from wind and the reason why they're able to do this is because usually these energy sources they're too out of the way to be plugged into the grid and so rather than not investing them because there's no way to make money from it what bitcoin allows us to do is to invest in those technologies get those energy sources up and running store that energy in a monetary value that is Bitcoin and then when our technology is improved enough we'll then be able to move these sources of energy these renewable sources of energy back onto the grid but if there wasn't Bitcoin they would never be taken advantage of because there's no point they, they can't get plugged into the grid it's because of Bitcoin that these renewable energies come online
1: I disagree with you the renewable energy have seen very massive growth much for Bitcoin and also again uh, you said they cannot be plugged into the grid what you're meaning is not they cannot is they do not want to plug it into the grid so as to not be trapped that's what's generally going on and no that's again, not what I
0: <laughs> is what, what do you mean? You can imagine you're in Iceland there's a thermal energy source from, from a hot spring and it's so far from the infrastructure of the electricity grid that plugs it into everyone's house to get that thermal heating energy source into the grid it's just almost impossible with our current technology so Bitcoin allows us to be able to mine that energy into Bitcoin and then save that as monetary power and then be able to spend that and then invest in infrastructure later on to perhaps plug it into the system. And we see and we see wasted energy sources like this all of the time. We have for example um in grids where they're doing say uh you know where they're using hydrocarbons to make electricity. There's a lot of wasted heat from those plants. There's a lot of wasted gas that just cannot get plugged in. And Bitcoin harnesses all of that wasted electricity to mine Bitcoin. So um I don't think you I, I I just yeah, I, I think that my point that I'm trying to make is that there is a place in this world for proof of work. And concerns of the, the thing about proof of work is, you know, there is this tendency towards decentralization because if you're from a land that has very cheap source of electricity, you can just run up a mining node and start mining um, Bitcoin. Yeah. And with proof of stake, you need 32e, so that that does tend to centralize to those who do, who do have capital. Yeah. but so, on the flip side, obviously, yeah. So, so but then, as I
1: said, we need 32e. That is for the basic proof of stake. Remember that this is not the only ways that can happen. We can have pools meaning that you by yourself cannot do it but still work within groups. So, again, bringing the community together. Also, what you mentioned with the proof of work does not undermine my base argument, which is it's energy demanding. It is still energy demanding. It does create interests into ways to try to reduce or reuse certain types of energies. But again, those are not necessarily at scale. We all know that the biggest miners before were Chinese giants trying to use the coal power of you know, Chinese uh, regions. So, the, the only way that, uh, as you said, people want to go for the cheaper energy. So, in your example for Iceland, it might be done by a couple of people in Iceland themselves, but that's not where most of the power from proof of work will come from. This will just still come from. Regions where the energy can be produced massively for a very cheap price, and Germany does end up being ended up at least. I thought this can be different, being, you know, Chinese coal power plants or Russians or things like that. I have seen though I a transition towards clean, cleaner models and reusability of things, but I don't think the scale is there yet to so, sell uh, individual, say, uh, people wanting to do that, like an initiative. It's all individual initiative though they're very interesting my point right. just Bitcoin as a proof-of-work model still is energy demanding, and uh, we I think we could try to find more hybrid models but again proof-of-stake you have you know parts where you could create pools, meaning that's you but, I mean I still like you I don't like this 32 thing I don't like uh, the minimum though I understand it but uh, the energy demand will always be there for proof-of-work model as it is right now I do hope it's going to change that.
0: yes but you know most since China closed down its mining, most of the mining has gone to mm. America, and a lot of the mining is using a, a renewable wind energy because they be, they're able to set up all of these wind farms in Texas. Great, there's nothing else to do, but but it's very good for wind uh, energy. So that's I mean they've set up the Bitcoin mine there, and if you look at you know um, the I don't know what it's called, but the sustainability graph of Bitcoin, like the majority of its energy comes from renewable sources. Now look, the thing is, I'm I'm sounding like I'm I'm very supportive. I'm a Bitcoin maxi. I'm I'm really not actually. I think that it's going to play a far more important role than Bitcoin does, in my personal opinion. But I, what well, I'm what I'm saying is I completely understand why Bitcoin has to be proof of work and what are the benefits from it being proof of work. And I don't think that this energy argument is a valid one because of the fact that most, if not you know, almost all, of Bitcoin's energy comes from renewable sources. Yeah,
1: but uh, if you want to again remember the, the biggest argument we had here was Mainstream on board, right? We came on to and we said like people have a negative opinion of. Uh, why the the blockchain technology, NFTs, et cetera. So basically for me, there is uh, two or three major problems into the mainstream um, perception of blockchain. One, it's a scam, it's a rock call, it's something. Two, they always mention that Bitcoin energy problem. They don't look, most people sadly still take things at face value. They're not gonna go deeper. They're gonna go for my friend set. They're gonna go for this article set. They're gonna go for... I saw that tweet that says, and that tweet said the energy demand uh, for Bitcoin X is XYZ and that represents Y% percent of their type of thing. They are crazy energy demanding. They're not going to go into this uh, they're using more renewable energy than before. They shift into the industry since the China ban, etc. So at least there needs to be, I think we agree on, there will need to be a, a rebranding image of the economy. There needs to be massive efforts done so that we could get away from these uh, scam pool type of things, which we saw happen in 2017-18, which we saw happen <laughs> kind of again in the last one, one and a half year. And I think it's the same thing. We will need a very Massive rebranding when it comes to the way Bitcoin is uh, perceived uh, the way block. And then, because generally, again, people they see Bitcoin, they see blockchain. They don't make that differentiation. They don't know if they don't know proof of work, they don't know proof of stake. They see Bitcoin is the biggest, they do that much energy. Uh, and again, they don't know renewable or anything. And then they see others, and this the thing is the same. I've, I've actually had very Long, tenuous conversation trying to explain. I mean, I'm pretty sure you guys have also tried to explain blockchain to others. How did that go in general?
0: Um, I think it goes quite well. It went, but it personally. goes long, right? It's very long. It's long, but it's a complicated topic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's a complicated topic. Yeah. So again,
1: people, it needs to take a long time for the perception to be understood. In general, people don't take the time. So when it's your friend, he's going to take it. Because, you know, he can't get it. <laughs> but when it's, uh, it's just, a, again, yeah, I'm sure of, exceptions and uh trying to show what nfts what blockchain can be and that's always going to be one of the struggles that we have
0: i think the so my personal opinion is all of this esg issue is perhaps some sort of scheme plotted by you know black blackstone um to sort of manipulate people into thinking about these issues uh you know I, I don't know if you've read much about the great reset where these individuals they went davos and they said you know you'll be happy with you you'll have nothing and you'll be happy uh, i i'm i'm just aware that you know there's a lot of lying made from those who have power and it, it's it kind of like hides the the biggest issue which is centralization right it's about um you know who is where does the power lie and we look at those this you know the landscape of blockchain right now and when people see ethereum and they see bitcoin and they think it's very similar to say avalanche or a Solana or whatever they don't understand that there is a really big difference and that is decentralization and I think that if we don't focus the conversation on decentralization um, you know we may have crypto we may have blockchain but it may not look like the world that we want it to look like yeah I see what you mean with that. it's like the, the digital UN you heard
1: about that
0: huh? yes but I won't say too much about <laughs> it <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> no I mean I, actually I, I think there's pros comes to it. I do think that
0: uh, I've lived in China
1: for a lot of years and you really need to leave there to understand the differentiations uh, between what you have throwing your face in the West and how it is out there. Uh, there's obviously things we would not necessarily agree with the way they're done, but China is doing things differently their way. And some of these things just work and they are, they are a lot faster. Like for example, here I am, uh, it's been taking me about 10 days to try to get internet. Electricity was also too, gas, I mean, all these things back in the West. Still take forever, and I need to show. Uh, you know, your you basically show your bank information, your bank. You need to to give basically all your personal information away just to get a house, like you you house your contracts or your name, your ID, you uh, all your bank information. You need to give it all away, and it takes forever to be done in China. That it was not nearly as complicated. It was much faster. It could all be done online. I could have things in a matter of minutes. And uh it actually took less personal information you know I know that's constitutive people are like our oh, know you know private life, but no actually it's it's just differently, and I think that's the same thing with digital u n it's It's not a crypto for me, but I do think there's an interest it's it does show that the Chinese government is not completely closed up to uh you know new technologies, and I think that's one of the issues we can have with the legislations. Is that in the West? A lot of times they don't understand and they don't want to understand. They just want to see how could we make money, kind of like regulate, you know, regulate it, not into how could we use it. How could it be very beneficial for people? Um, so Yeah, it's 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 a matter of debate. So, right? so I'll stop there. All
0: right, um, let, let's start to wrap this up, Corel uh, I've just got two more questions for you. The first question yeah. is. In your off-chain time, what do you like doing? So when you're not working on crypto, Uh, what are your interests? I I work
1: from 8 to 12, including Saturday. So I only have basically Sunday.
0: (laughs) I I like to game. As
1: I said before, I am a gamer at heart before. That is why I was willing to P2E. Still I am. So I play journey strategy games, RPG, I guess. I'm trying to go back to the gym because... as I said I was there before, I got stuck out of China after business trip and COVID and I gained thirty kilos in the year and a half that followed between, you know, staying in a hotel to work all days and eating just takeout stuff. For year and a half so trying to work out trying to still play games and trying to build stuff also I like craft crafting and reading I read a lot and I like
0: it. perfect and Karel last question so what do you think is going to be the next hype cycle in crypto I mean we're in the bear market so maybe nothing <laughs> but yeah. what do you think it's going to be the next hype cycle
1: is uh, is derivative go short no um, the next thing I think is I don't know if you know uh, P2E got like massive investments I think it's like 4.5 billions just for equity type of, of deals and then there's tokens i mean there's like a huge p2e thing coming i know we've talked about it there was already a high but it was very very basic gaming and i think the next generation of p2 e gaming is coming and that includes NFTs, which can need a new type of platform so NFT. um yeah i think that's gonna be the next thing like uh the, the p2e is gonna simplify a lot of the ways the nfts work. right now the, the first uh, the, the first wave of B2B, I think, was not very simple. It was very complicated at first. You still stealing a lot of things, connect, etc. They're going to simplify it. They're going to integrate into a lot more games. And then uh, that's going to be the next hype cycle. I think all of those will be good. I still going to be a couple of weird projects, just trying to say, "Hey, we add that, and that's it." But there's no real, you know, uh, reason why to. But I think that's going to be the next thing. And I think I'm going to play it. I'm going to be playing. For example, uh, there's Block Lords, which is again from my old friend, which is a kind of medieval RPG with E two E and NFTs. It looks really, really good, and I think that's going to be the next type of thing because gaming is really uh, becoming a very, very big mainstream thing. You know, back in uh, the 1980s or 1970s, it was mixed. Who, who played and all the others kind of like well not not necessarily bullied them but they went up on the you know that was not the good thing now who, do you know anyone who didn't ever like play oh of course not everyone played yeah. <laughs> everyone plays something even even on your phone you know casual like playing Candy Crush or something I mean everybody plays and this is becoming more prevalent I mean even my grandma plays Candy Crush or stuff like that so for me and once we finally have a good P2E uh, you know something that could go mainstream I think that's going to be the main cycle. Now prove me wrong, I would love to have something else I'm a very big fan of you know other applications the P2E thing
0: is not over and I think uh, it, it is also very very big awesome Corral. Um, do you want to just shout out for uh, shout out any social you want to promote or any uh, websites or whatever yeah, I mean, obviously it's Store.
1: this is our website for the marketplace We're going to be live around uh, mid to end of August uh, you'll see it's going to be very very different from any other marketplaces don't want to take much your time just check out Follow our socials, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, TG, Discord, Medium, we have it all. Uh help us obviously help us out if you can, and also most importantly, we are going to try to we are all inclusive. We are also going to aggregate all the platform, but we it's a free, it's non binding, not exclusive. So try to promote us to other projects, invite them, get them on board, we're going to Christ, it's very simple, it's free. Uh, and obviously we welcome all non-road
0: projects. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Um thank you. For that, all of those information will be in the show notes below, and we'll see you all in this episode. Bye guys. The Insider's Insight podcast is meant for informational purposes only and should not be considered as financial or investment advice. Nothing expressed in this podcast should be construed as a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement, or offer to buy or sell any financial products. Information expressed by the host or guest of this podcast does not necessarily reflect any views of our sponsors.